What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Elevate. This is your host, Colin Mason. Episode 50. Oh my God, halfway to 100. I cannot believe it. Um, I just had one of the biggest aha moments I have ever had in my entire life on one of my uh, coaching calls today. I have to tell you all about it. All right, let's go. I want to take you back a couple a couple years ago when I sat down. I just graduated for from college, and I sat down um, with a, a group of of administrators for the college I was applying to work for in the athletic department as a strength and conditioning graduate assistant. And so I'm sitting down in the interview, um, and they asked me this question. They said, "Well, with being a recent graduate." how do you think your approach is going to be um, or how, how well do you think you'll be able to kind of control the room while still being a young, a young coach? And so at the time I was, I was 22 years old and I would be coaching people that were um, 18 to 22 years old, 21, 22 years old. So I would literally be the same age um, uh, if not just a tad bit older than the people I would be coaching. And it just so happened that I was applying to the school I just graduated from. And so they were asking me, basically, are you going to be able to, to coach and control a room of people that you may have been friends with or may have been, you know, affiliated with uh, people that I grew up, you know, I grew up with in the school. And so they were basically asking me, like, do you think you'll be able to coach? Right. Do you think you'll have the confidence to be able to control that room? And I said, without a doubt, absolutely, because four years prior, I was uh, I was a student assistant coach for the baseball team. So, and I know I've talked about that in a previous ex- episode, but I'll just kind of briefly talk about it. So, basically, I was um, a student assistant coach for the um, a couple years. Um, so, I was I was in the school. I was living with some of the baseball players, and I was also kind of like their coach. I was the outfield coach and the hitting coach, or one of the hitting coaches, right? Um, and I would plan the, plan the practices, and I would. I was basically an assistant coach that was also taking classes at the school. So I had a lot of responsibility. I had to act a certain way. I had to present myself a certain way. Um, and that kind of jumpstarted my coaching career. Now, fast forward, um, when I graduated, I was sitting down um, and in the interview. And they're, yeah, again, they were asking me, like, do you think you'll be able to c- control the room? Do you think you'll have the confidence to coach at that level? And I said, absolutely, without a doubt, I absolutely can um, because I've done it before. And then they asked me this question. They said, well, since because you haven't, uh, you haven't been formally trained in strength and conditioning, you didn't, weren't an exercise science major, you weren't a biology major. Um, how do you think you're going to be able to, um, how are you going to teach them? Like what are, what process, what, what are you going to like, how are you going to approach coaching them from a, a science, you know, based standpoint? And at that time, I had no formal training. I had no certifications. I had no degrees. I was just basically pitching my passion for the school and pitching my passion for athletes and performance um, and my love for strength and conditioning. But I never, I didn't have any of those formal trainings. And so um, they were basically like, or how are you going to handle this situation? And I, and I told them, I said, I'm going to be the hardest worker, you know, I'm going to not only am I going to learn through doing like while coaching them, but I'm going to work my work my butt off uh, and study the material and learn how to apply it and, and learn techniques and mechanics. And I'm going to do a lot of online searching, I'm going to do a lot of um, coursework, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work my butt off to learn, learn it before I actually apply it. 
And uh, I think that's a key piece is actually being prepared to coach or to teach. Now, this goes for if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, right, or someone, a leader. You know, honestly, it's just a leader position at all. If you're prepared to teach or coach that material, you're you're more apt to actually teach and coach that material. I mean, it makes sense, right? So preparation, preparation uh, is the first step before execution before impact, right? So it goes like uh, planning, execution, impact, right? And so I understood that I understood that process. I understood what I didn't know. And I understood what I did know, my strengths, my weaknesses, I understood all those things. And so fast forward, um, I, they gave me the position. Now I needed to learn the material. So I did a whole bunch of research. I spent a couple months learning, and reading the book and going through the videos and going through flashcards and learning all the material so I could pass the exam. Now I finally passed the exam and I start my coaching right? The first day when I showed up, I was nervous and I tried not to show up, but I was definitely nervous. My first day was football. Um, and so I'm, if you don't know me, I'm like five foot nine, uh, at the time, probably 180 pounds. So I'm a little guy, right? Um, a little guy coaching big football players, right? Just six, six, 250, just monsters of human beings. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm teaching them how to clean properly and, and proper squat patterns and all these things that I'm, I'm kind of teaching them and showing them. Um, and they're much bigger than me. Right. And so from a strength and conditioning standpoint, I knew what I was talking about because I prepared for it, but, but the execution and the application was challenging at first. And so I'm talking to my client today about this and, and how, and how the more you prepare and learn your process, the more prepared you are to actually execute it, which will give you the confidence to keep them engaged, to keep them uh, engaged with what you're trying to teach them and get them to understand. And so we were, we, I was using this example. So she wants to become a yoga instructor um, for a middle school, like middle school age kids. And we, I, I was asking a lot of questions and trying to get to the real root of what's, what's kind of holding her back from doing that. And it came to confidence. And so I dug deeper. I'm like, confidence. Okay. Where, why is there a lack of confidence? And I finally got to the root problem. And it's that she didn't have a process to bring people through. She was almost, um, not winging it, but just kind of putting something together. Um, to make it, to make it flow. But what she was missing is an actual framework to bring people from point A to point B. So I'm, I was like, okay, let's dive into the ideal person that's going through this program. It's a sixth grader. Um, it's a strict sixth grade girl, right? Let's, it's a sixth grade girl who is struggling with high stress levels or anxiety. Um, and, and I said, okay, well then what's the goal? What are you, tr where are you trying to bring her to? Where are you trying to lead her to? Well, I want her to, this is a response. It's like, I want her to be um, confident in her body, in her mind, being able to calm the stress levels down, to relieve the anxiety, to be more mindful, to be more aware of, of her, of her physical being, her emotional being, her mental being. And I was like, this is brilliant. Like you have all of that locked in. You have your ideal avatar and you have your ideal outcomes. You have her point A to point B. You have that. But what's missing is the middle process, the process that you can bring her through and, and, and bring her from where she is right now to where she wants to be. And, and her response was, yeah, but I'm not the kind of person that writes things down and plans it out like that. 
And I said, that's fine, right? You don't have to. And this is what I want to talk about today. This was my aha moment. This was the big, wow, I can't believe it took me this long to figure it out. You don't need to have every single lesson mapped out perfectly. It would help if you did, but you don't need to have every single step um, like mapped out. Well, this is, let me, let me backtrack for a second, because what she was saying is that um, she feels like if she starts to lose them at a certain point of her teaching, she, she quickly moves to do something else to re-engage them. Because now you have to think these are middle school students. So these aren't adults, right? Their attention spans a lot smaller than an adult would be, right? Their patience is a lot different. Um, Their willingness to learn and their open-mindedness and their attractiveness uh, to the, to the learning, right? Their, their willingness to learn the actual uh, things that you're trying to teach them or coach them or instruct them. Right. And so she was saying, like I'm having trouble bringing them from point A to point B because I feel like I don't, um, I don't really, uh, um, I tend to pivot a lot and I change directions uh, a lot based on the way that they're perceiving the material. But I was trying to get her to understand that you can't bring them from point A to point B if you're going step one, step four, step two, step six, step three. Like you can't be all over the place like that. You have to bring them from step one to step seven all in a row. And I said, the individual lessons will look different. The tactics you use will be different based on the group of people that you have, um, their characteristics, the way they behave, the way they're catching on, right? If they don't understand how to breathe properly, it's going to be really hard when you get them in an actual yoga routine, if they're not breathing properly, to be able to actually uh, benefit from the actual yoga routine. And I was like, oh my God, this is my aha moment was you need a process to follow. You need that framework to follow before you start thinking about tactics. Because what she was doing is she said, I would get too bogged down on the tactical research that I would get overwhelmed because there's so much material out there. And I want to, I want to just reassure you or, or her or everyone that there is so much information out there. It can get really overwhelming. So I want to like reassure you that, that if you're getting overwhelmed, you're getting bogged down by how much information out there, that is normal. There is so much information. But what I was trying to get her to understand is you can't get too focused on the tactical stuff when you don't have the big picture framework, the big picture process that you want to bring people through. You have to get the big macro bird's eye view process, step one, step two, step three, step four. They have to learn how to breathe properly before they can start to calm their mind, before they can start to get into yoga positions, before they go through an entire routine. You can't go through an entire routine without learning how to breathe properly. You can't go through an entire yoga routine and it be effective, right? If you don't know how to calm your mind or if you don't know how to stretch properly, if you don't know how to warm up, all of these things need to happen throughout the process so that when you teach them the yoga routine, they're able to do it and they're actually going to be more engaged because they're going to get, they're going to benefit from it. So her, her, her instruction is a whole year. It's an entire year. So I'm like, okay, how can we get uh, Sally, the sixth grade girl that struggles with um, high stress levels and anxiety? How can you get her from point A to point B over the course of a year using these I don't know, I'm making this number up, but these seven big picture process things um, that kind of lay out exactly how to get her from point A to point B. Then once you have those big picture items, that's when you look at the the tactics. How can you, if, if breathing is process one, 
what tactics can you use to teach breathing? Is it boxed breathing? Is it, uh, I didn't do any research on breathing prior to this episode. So I apologize for not (laughs) being prepared for that, but what kind of breathing tactics can you teach them to get them to understand how to breathe properly for them? Right. And that may come with two or three different breathing techniques. Right. But when you get really focused on the, on the tactics, if you get too focused on the details, you lose picture of the big picture process. And that's why she was jumping around and skipping steps. And, and because, because she didn't have that process laid out. And so that's the next step of our coaching is to lay out that entire process. Um, so that when when she gets a little stuck or gets lost, she's able to come back. Now, this is a really good story. Uh, uh, Russell Brunson talks about this, and he said that he was listening to uh, Brendan Bouchard, who wrote High Performance Habits, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite speakers. And he was he was um, speaking at a conference, and he had a big whiteboard, and he had his marker. And uh, Russell was telling the story. He was sitting in the audience, and he was watching Brendan uh, Bouchard go through this. And he was teaching his uh, framework. And I forget which framework it was. doesn't really matter. And he's writing the squares up on the board and the, basically the steps, right? He's going through the steps of his framework, of his process. And in the middle of his uh, in the middle of his speech, someone raises his hand and, and Brendan turns around and he says yes. And the guy asks the question and Brendan answers the question and they go and he goes into detail and he explains how it could, uh, the, you know, he just, he answers the question basically. And then he looks back at the board and the guy said, oh, I apologize if I threw you off your original plan, if I distracted you from what you were talking about, what you were saying. And he says, no, don't worry. All I have to do is go back to my framework. I just have to go back to the process of what I was doing. And that's how I can pick up where I left off because he has that process laid out so that he can teach the tactics, how he can go through the tactics of it, but he still has the big picture strategy. And that was my big aha today is that it finally, that story finally applied to what I was thinking and teaching is that we need the big picture process before we can start getting bogged down and focused on the details, the tactics, because that just distracts us from that big process. If we miss a big, big picture process step, we're not going to get them from point A to point B as effectively as we could. And so preparation, uh, execution, impact. Um, that's that's the key. I really hope this makes sense. I really hope that you can start to apply this to whatever you're doing. If you're teaching, if you're coaching, if you're instructing, if you're just a leader at all, you're going to get a ton out of this. So I, I would really like if you were to re-listen to this episode and think, where in my life am I getting too tactically bogged down? Where in my life am I missing the biggest process pieces that would actually make my entire uh, system run more smooth, right? Where am I missing it? Where am I getting too focused on the little details and I'm actually missing a big picture thing that will make this run a lot better? I really hope this makes sense. I really hope that you got a lot out of it. Message me uh, if on Instagram at cmason underscore twenty. I'll put all that in the in the bot in the uh, in the show notes down below. Hope this uh, hope this works for you. <clears throat> and if I can do anything for you, reach out to me. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Much love.